seven to one Monday motivation. Motivation. Now I want you to picture this, you're in your mid-twenties, you've put in the hard work at third level, you've worked hard in an entry-level job and now you're progressing up the career ladder and you have a promising career in management ahead. But whilst things are looking good on the outside, on the inside you're in the midst of a very debilitating episode of depression where you're getting through life hour to hour. A depression that is so consuming that you're trying to deal with anxiety, poor sleep, low self-confidence, crying for no reason, extremely negative internal dialogue, weight loss. All of this takes a toll on you, on you until you finally reach out and get help. This is hard to believe that this was once Shane Craddock's life, a man who is now one of Ireland's most successful entrepreneurs, a man who teaches performance strategies to Fortune 10 companies. It just proves that anyone can suffer from depression and anyone can get themselves out of it and go on to lead incredible lives. Shane Craddock, it's a pleasure to have you on 11 to 1 again. How are you doing? I'm good, Sinead. Good. And first of all, I probably should say that you said I'm not. I'm no clown, but there's probably a few people that know me that probably say I, I can be a bit of a clown, you know. So I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Listen, it's always good to have humour in your life, that's for sure. But you know, when I discover doing my research on you, you know that you used to go to the bathroom at work and bang your head against the door. You used to cry for no reason at all. You had extremely negative internal dialogue going on. All of this is just so surprising to me because it doesn't match the man that you are today. But take me back to this time in your life. Can you pinpoint the moment when things weren't going well for you on the inside? Um, this, I suppose there's so much that was going on around that time. And like I'm 49 now, God help me. But, you know, that's it's 25 years ago. So it, do, it does seem like it's, it's a different lifetime. It does seem like it's a different person. But um, I think the, the time when I, bizarrely the time that when I, if I pinpoint exactly when things I realised, oh, this isn't good, was when I was sitting in the first meeting with the counsellor and I was very lucky just to get the right person to help me and I I didn't actually bizarrely, it's kind of silly to say, but I didn't realise that I was kind of doing it to myself and it wasn't until he kind of said to me, look, you know, I think you've brought yourself into a cycle of depression that that was the first time I'd even considered the fact that, what? Oh, mm. never even considered it. So, he was the first person that kind of said, look, you know, do you know what your mind is? And at the time, I, I didn't, um, because you know, 25 years ago, it's great that even now, you know, people talk about mental health quite, well, not necessarily always openly, actually, but it's, at least it's more in the public domain. It's yeah. a little bit more acceptable, but still, people are very private about it. And I think since I've gone on in my own life, um, as a man, as a as a father, as a brother and a son I've kind of seen that other people and even with my clients that everybody um, has pain and everybody has suffering at different times for different reasons um, but I guess it's how we process that pain how we manage the pain inside ourselves is actually the key thing that's the key thing and, and that does differ from person to person but um, it can be improved on because once people realize that oh actually we create our experience literally from the inside out it's not from the outside in, which is what most people think it is. And that's what I learned at that time. That was the start of a journey. It wasn't um, a quick change, Sinead. It was the start of a journey that I'm still on. And I mm. still have to work on it every day, to be honest with you. It's not something I take for granted. I feel very lucky that I got through that time because it was um, quite severe at the time. I was suicidal. And I was very lucky that, you know, um, I had people around me who who cared 
and um, also, you know, but for them and but for a couple of maybe specific moments, I may not be here. And, and every now and again, that, that still lands on me that, wow, I could easily not be here. So, you know, even mm. in the days where I can still have tough days, I yeah. still, they don't go, you know, because that's life. You're going to get challenges. Things will, won't go your way. You know, or even now we're looking at the world, what's happening. You know, so much has been distorted for everybody that, you know, everyone's had to step back and go, well, hang on a second here. What's, it, like, what, what's all this about? Which isn't the worst thing to be asking either, but even how do I manage what's going on in terms of all the change? So It happens for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. And, you know, you, I touched on this in the introduction as well. And we spoke about this because everybody has this little horrible negative voice in their head. I call it the other Sinead. It's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde deal with me, you know. Uh, that's just the other Sinead. We'll put a gag on her. That's that's what I call it. What did you, did you have a name, first of all, for your negative inner voice that was telling you all this bad stuff? Well, well initially, see, initially I thought it was me. You know, so you say it's the other Sinead. So at least you knew it was the other yes. Sinead, you know. And initially I didn't distinguish. It was just oh, I have an inner voice and that's me. You know, whatever it says is whatever I would believe. So if it said, you know, you're worthless or, you know, things aren't working out or you're messing up or, you know, you're no good, well, then I would just believe it because that was my inner voice. And it wasn't until I was going through my own journey, I suppose, of self-awareness, I realized, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> there's two of us in here. <laughs> there's, me, there's me and then there's this kind of other thing that kind of, you know, there's an inner voice in here, like an inner narrator and, I joke now with people that say, look, you know, I, I eventually called mine, when it got into critical mode, I would call it Gollum after the character in the Lord of the Rings movie. What a and, horrific name, yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of, it sums up the way he, he is actually still for me in terms of he used to be paranoid um, and negative and kind of in on himself or herself. We call it Gollumette maybe if it's, if, it's a, if it's a girl or a woman. <laughs> you know, so... It just kind of helped me in a way to kind of visualize him as a cartoon character that I think, ah, that's just, that's just him talking. I, I don't need to listen to him. And what I've realized initially at the start, I thought, it's just me. I, I'm, the only one, I'm the only weirdo here that has a, this inner voice. And I was gone on and realized, hey, we all have it. I remember being at a talk. I was given a talk a few years ago in, in the Slorkin Park Hotel. I can't remember what it's called now. <laughs> but about 100 people in the room, I remember just said to the people in the room, listen, uh, who here has an inner voice? you know, talking as I'm. Yeah. And I said, well, actually, how many people here think that that's the real them? And about half the rooms in the hand went down, half of them stayed up. And I said, okay, for the hands that are up, let me just tell you, that's not the real you. And literally, I remember one woman literally gasped out loud because she just got such a shock. And afterwards, she sent me a note to say that she'd realized in that moment that it was the truth that she'd been living her entire life limited by what this, let's call it the internal critic, would yeah. say. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's it is a dangerous thing. It really is because you can feed into this and and you can live your life by this this inner guy, you know, or gal. Yeah. But when was your light bulb moment when you said, "Okay, enough is enough. I have to get help here. I have to reach out," because you made a very important phone call. I did. Yeah. You know. Well, I suppose I was in so much pain that I decided one particular day, unfortunately, that I decided you know uh, to, to check out. So my plan was to not plan at the end of the day, and I had a specific plan around that. And in a very warp logic sense, I um, decided I want to kind of uh, hear my mother's voice. And it was kind of just before mobile phones took off. So I went mm. to a payphone down the road from work so nobody would hear me. I was paranoid that somebody might hear on the work phone. So I just rang. I put in a 50 pence piece in the phone box and 
waited for my mother to answer. But um, luckily for me, she didn't. My dad answered it, who wouldn't normally be there. And uh, he kind of instinctively knew straight away that something was wrong. And normally he'd very quickly get, get me off the phone to, do you want to talk to your mother? Yeah. In this, in this case, he, he wouldn't get off the phone and say, what's wrong? What's wrong? I kept on asking him and eventually... I kind of broke down. It kind of it came out. Not not what was wrong, but I, I just told him I, I I don't know what's wrong, but I, I I'm not good. And um, he was brilliant, um, brilliant. And then he just literally said, "Listen, I'll call you back in a few minutes." And luckily for me, he rang me back and said, "Listen, ring this number. It's a friend of mine who helps people." And I said, well, "What does he do?" And he said, "A counselor." Now at the time, I <laughs> I'm ashamed to say that I actually got really annoyed with my dad because I thought I don't need any help. Like, you know, yeah. I just had no awareness that I was in a problem created by myself. But he convinced me to kind of go down and meet him. And that, that was the point at which everything changed. And the counselor said something very important to me, you know, at the first meeting. He said, look, I will help you. He said, you can turn this around. I will help you. I will help you to help yourself, which mm. I didn't understand at the start because I realized he, he was saying you have these habits, a way of talking to yourself that's not helpful. But he said, you have to make a decision. And the decision is very simple. He said, are you going to live or are you not? And I said, no, yeah, I'll live. And he said, no, 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 no. He said, you, you, you got to a very dark, serious place. I need to know. I'm not going to waste my time on you. He says, you, make it, you need to make a decision that you're going to live and actually just go through the pain barrier to come out the other side. And that was a key point because I had to go away and think about it and realized, and I got very upset then because I realized what I, where I got to mm. and what I was about to do. And I just, it all kind of landed on me. And then I just said, okay, I'll, I'll do whatever I have to do. And my God, you did because you started a journey, uh, a self-help journey, not just through the counselling, but you read everything that you could get your hands on in terms of what was going to help you. You read about other people, you know, who had gone on to be successful and you started to put this into your own life. I mean, you have a hugely impressive CV that I could just chat to you alone about that. Uh, But, you know, tell me about branching out and providing performance and development strategies for businesses, because this is what you do. You essentially coach people who are at the top of their game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I think, as I said earlier on, I suppose one of the ironic things and maybe the gift of the difficult time, and this is often what happens when you go through a very difficult time, and I'm sure your listeners can relate to this, is that sometimes what is the worst, what seems like the worst thing possible can be the gift. And because of what happened to me, I ended up in a different career. And it just kind of happened by accident in a way. Mm. I just kept following or pulling a thread, which was understanding my mind, and understanding how it relates to everything in life and business. And because at the time I was working in the corporate sector, um, I just got very into personal development, professional development, but particularly in the mind. And this is a time now when if I, if you said to somebody, you know, in a pub, oh, yeah, I have just on a course about the mind, literally they'd stop the whole mm. pub and say, sorry, what did you say? So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I used to have some brazen conversations, but I, what I found was that it, I was getting better and I was getting more confident. My stress was reducing I was just becoming a better version of myself. And, and because I saw momentum and, other, and was recognized by others, I just kept going into it. And over many years then, Sinead, um, you know, I got the opportunity through a friend to participate in a series of workshops that he was doing with kind of elite athletes. And he just asked mm-hmm. me to talk about the psychology side of it. And I said, well, I'm not a psychologist. And he said, yeah, no, I know. He says, but you've gone through a really tough time. You turned yourself around. I've seen you do it. So I just wanted to share what you've learned. And I thought, well, what did I learn? And I just started to write it down and then share it. And then people liked it. I could see improvements in results. And then I went, oh, maybe I should bring this into business. And that was the start where I just started to bring it into business. And at the start in Ireland, this has gone back like to the early 2000s. Yeah. You know, that it wasn't <laughs> easy because no. say, let me talk about the mind, especially to businessmen. 
where you just get this glaze, and maybe rightly so, but you just see this BS glaze come across, or here we go, this guy's a bit of a weirdo. Um, that all changed really with the, with the, with the recession in 2008, yeah. where stress became the number one agenda item for all of my conversation with leaders. And then they would all say, well, let, you know, let me, talk to me about the mind. So, and they were motivated in the way that I was motivated when I was really stressed. Um, and I'm seeing similar things now. So, but the reality is, is that the mind is, a, you know, the quote, I think, I, I can't remember who said it. I think it was, it was the poet, maybe John Moulton said, you know, the mind is its own place and in of itself it can create a heaven out of hell or a mm. hell out of heaven. Oh, that's and, so true. Yeah. And so, but it works both ways. You, you know, you, you can literally create a heaven out of hell. So, and that's the area of high performance where you're saying, listen, regardless of circumstances, if we can understand how we work from the inside out, manage our moods, manage our focus, manage our clarity, it all ripples into confidence, communication, creativity, collaboration, all the buzzwords that you'd, you'd hear about in business now, they all start from the inside. And it doesn't really matter anymore, I think, what you know. Um, it's what you can do. And, and what you can do is hugely influenced by the level of clarity and stress that you have. So if you can, if you, can you know, maintain your clarity in the midst of even high uncertainty, like now, for many companies and businesses, um, you, you will do better than most because you're accessing, uh, I suppose, the talent that's available. When you get stressed, you tend to shut down whatever talent you have. So, and also, you just can't enjoy life. So, mm. and, and by the way, we're all works in progress. So, you know, I'm lucky enough to work with some very good companies, uh, work with some very good leaders. Um, but at the end of the day, I, and I'll be honest with you, I, I work on myself every day. You know, this mm. is kind of a, that, I used to think it was, ah, oh, sure, I'll just do a course here, a course there, and, I, and then I'll be grand because I know stuff. No, that doesn't work. It's it's really an application that is every day. You have life. to keep going. You have to keep going. You have to be open yeah. to that as well, and open to to taking on board new new things as well. So you know, when you're dealing with you know these people that are the the CEOs of, of Fortune ten companies, <laughs> me even just saying it, like you know, I'd be so daunting uh, daunted going into a room like this. But you go in there, and this is what you're you're helping them out of problems that they have. So what kind of problems do these people have, and how are you helping them? There's always problems. I mean, <laughs> the first problem is that they're generally consumed with a problem. That, mm. that, that, so so it's, it's kind of a habit of mind. You can get generally consumed with a problem. And what you're trying to do, what, first thing is to kind of make them aware of what they're even doing mentally. You know, I mean, listen, the problems in a business context could be multifaceted. Yeah. They usually are, you know. So it depends on the context of the industry. It depends on the business situation, what, what point they're at in terms of their growth or decline. But, you know, as, as I always say, listen, there's only one problem here is that when you get consumer problems, and that could even be personal, Sinead, it could be, you know, a problem in, a, in their marital relationship, mm-hmm. actually. You know, there could be, there's always going to be people challenges. Anybody who runs a business knows that there's always people challenges. There's always cash flow issues, potentially. You know, so, the, so they're all fine. But I suppose the, the key variable for me is really I look at helping the person to see the link between their state, which is their mood, Right, mm-hmm. and how they how that impacts everything. Because in my experience, when your mood is consistently at a high level, like whatever your mood is as a leader or business owner, it automatically ripples into the entire. Yeah, business. yeah. So that's why if, if the boss walks in very quickly, what will happen is even if it's not verbally said, everyone knows. Oh, they're in bad form today. Don't say a word. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh no, they're, they're in good form today. You know, let's uh, let's ask for that raise. <laughs> you know, but, but the energy of the leader is critical, and more and more, um, you know, 
it's kind of a, it's a phrase that's bandied around a little bit now, but I do agree with this in principle is the CEO actually should stand for chief energy officer, that mm. their energy um, is, is hugely important. And I do think that's you're going to see this more and more in the business world where leaders are going to have to learn the skills of managing themselves from the inside out, that they have to learn how to kind of be clear and grounded even in the middle of high volatility, high uncertainty, which while it's been accelerated and amplified with the pandemic, it, it was coming to a degree anyway. And yes. In, in, in business would have seen it, they've mm-hmm. experienced it, but it, it's going to be here with us. I think it's now the norm. Yeah, um, which is... Regardless. It, it, Unfortunate, absolutely. Shane, I could talk to you all day, I really could, but I want to just end on this this note because I'd be interested to hear what you would say for this. If you could go back in time and have a chat with that 24-year-old Shane who's in the bathroom at work banging his head against the door, um, you can't change anything, uh, but you can impart some words of wisdom to him that might help. What would you say to him? I've thought about this a lot, actually, in terms of over the years, but there's so much I'd say. I haven't got time for you to say it all on the, on the radio here with you. <laughs> but the, well, no, the first thing I, I just say is, look, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You know, just keep going and l- lean on the people around you who who are there, who will always want to help um, and just embrace professional support. There's professional support for everything. So, And all that's connected with people like compassion for yourself take the compassion from the people around you open up and get get support where you can whether that's with a coach or a mentor or a counsellor get the help because you'll you'll move faster Good advice great advice listen Shane thank you so so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to join us today for Monday Motivation it's been an absolute pleasure Thanks Sinead lovely to talk to you Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.